0: Welcome to Dinger Derby, the only podcast completely devoted to Texas Tech baseball. Join your host, Keith Patrick, every week for team news, guests, ranking updates, and game reports. From opening weekend all the way through Omaha, we'll be hitting taters with the Red Raiders all season long. This is Dinger Derby. Welcome into Dinger Derby, the podcast for Texas Tech baseball fans I'm your host, Keith Patrick. Thanks for tuning in once again after a fantastic opening weekend for Texas Tech Red Raider Baseball. Y'all, I can't tell you how much fun it was, how good it felt to be back in the ballpark. I hope you had a chance to get there as well. If not, I hope you got to watch it on TV a little bit and enjoy what was a beautiful opening weekend here in Raiderland. I'm going to run through each of the games for you. Just a quick recap, nothing really super in-depth, just a couple of highlights here and there and talk to you about what I saw over the weekend. Going to keep these episodes as short as I can, not super long because I want you to have some quick bites to to be able to digest. No midweek to look ahead to this week. We will look ahead to the Round Rock Classic and the big test that that will be for Red Raider Baseball. So let's dive right in on Friday afternoon, 1 o'clock. Texas Tech faced Houston Baptist. They ended up getting the victory 5-1. to Things a little tight early on. No runs scored until Tech broke it open in the fifth inning with a five spot in the bottom of the inning it was clayton beater who got the start on the mound that was a surprise to those of us who pay attention to texas tech baseball, that he did get a start. He went six full innings, allowed only two hits, one run, one walk, had six Ks. Beater threw 48 strikes in his 68 pitches. 68 pitches over six innings, that's nothing to sneeze at at all. Really nice day for Clayton Beater. Micah Dallas came in in relief, three innings pitch, no hits, no runs, no walks, five Ks for Dallas, 24 strikes on 33 pitches. And I'll tell you what, Micah Dallas, he, in my opinion, got a message from this coaching staff, not getting that start that maybe he wasn't quite ready. He came out of the pen and sent a message right back, if you ask me, because he jumped out there, through a great game, and took some great opportunities for some web gems in the book as he... Dove off that mound to both cover first base, which was did a really nice job with that, and also had a sliding stop a la Billy Chapel from For Love of the Game, but towards first, sliding with that leg under and then running that ball over unassisted for the final out of the ball game. Micah Dallas really looked good. But I don't think he's going to be a bullpen guy for long. I think that was a little bit of a message. As far as the offense goes, Tech. Really didn't get a whole lot going, had a couple walks drawn in the first two innings. It was three up, three down in the third. Got their first hit, it was Brian Klein with a single in the fourth, but nothing came of it despite a walk to follow, and then finally broke some things open in the fifth inning. It was Nate Rombach that led things off. He got an HBP. He did end up coming around to score. Dylan Carter moved him around with a double. His first hit as a Red Raider. Dylan Carter playing left field for Texas Tech much of the weekend. And then a Cal Conley ground out to second scored back, and then things were off to the races. It was a nice night through the fifth. The Red Raiders also had a pretty big seventh inning, had three hits in the inning, but unable to capitalize and left three men aboard, ultimately. A little bit frustrating there, but Texas Tech gets the win 5-1 in what was a very cold night. The game only went two hours and 22 minutes. It played pretty fast, but it was a really cold, cold day. Never really got much over 30 degrees. The wind chill dropped it down into the 20s. I was in full duck hunting gear over there at first base. And it was uh, it was not a pleasant one, but it was great to be out there watching baseball be played at the law. On Saturday, you had a doubleheader against two different teams. Started off with Houston Baptist. Austin Becker on the mound this time. Becker was the transfer from Vanderbilt that everyone excited to see what he was going to do. I tweeted out you in January during a scrimmage that he's nasty, and he absolutely is. Four innings pitched, allowed three hits, one run, two walks, four strikeouts, 45-71, of his strikes, two pitches. I saw him up to 95, just does a really nice job. It's an easy 94-95. I thought Becker looked pretty good. I think you saw some guys the rest of the weekend following that opening with Beater going six. You just saw some the coaching staff work in quite a few guys and give them opportunities. No one else after Beater went more than four innings pitched. And I think some of that's just saving arms and you're looking ahead to Round Rock, but you also – Wanted to work as many dudes in as you could And you saw almost everybody get a chance To toss some balls Coming out of the bullpen Eli Reekman came in in relief for Becker As did Brandon Hendricks and Tyler Hamilton All of them got an inning apiece Thought Reekman looked really good He had two K's in his inning It was zeros across the board Threw seven of eight uh, strikes to pitches He got up to 91-92 from the left side Looked really clean and and, uh, had a nice delivery I think he's a guy from you know, that left-handed side, even though he is a freshman, I think you'll see a little bit more of him. Brandon Hendricks and Tyler Hamilton. Hendricks looked pretty good, highly touted. I know J. Bob Thomas is really big on him as a recruit. Uh, He gave up one hit, no runs, had one strikeout. Uh, He's a right-hander coming out of, I believe, Big Sandy, Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Tyler Hamilton struggled a little bit, four hits, two runs given up. He did get 1K. I think that between him and then John Barrera, who saw action in the Saturday night game, two guys that have a little bit of work to do from what we saw from them as they came through offensively in that game, the Red Raiders just unleashed hell. I mean, they won the game 24-3, to ended up calling it after the top of the seventh, so he had a, a shortened game. So Texas Tech ultimately across the entire weekend scored 65 runs and two of the games ended in the seventh inning. So I would say that they did some work. Now this was the game where everything finally broke open. You saw the big bats start swinging. Nate Romback had three Dingers in this game. Two of them were three run shots. You also had a home run from Cody Masters. He had two more scored. You had a home run from Jace Young. That was a two run shot. Cal Conley had two dingers of his own. Your new shortstop, who's a transfer in from Miami that has sat out his time, those were both solo shots. He also had an RBI double in the game. I mean, just hits on hits on hits. Red Raiders with 19 hits, no errors. 24 runs scored, they only left five on base, just really beat up that Houston Baptist pitching staff. It was uh, it was quite the day, and I think all the fans were glad to see it just kind of called. It got to the point, you know, we were in the club for a little while and we we're just laughing. You know, you get a home run, you get a home run. It was Oprah up there. And at one point, you're wondering her pitcher's going to get a chance to hit just to come in and get a dong against these guys. And so ultimately, you call it and then you move on to the next game and face Northern Colorado. Now, Houston Baptist did not win a game all weekend. They played Friday evening and lost to Northern Colorado. And they played Northern Colorado again on Sunday morning and were not able to get a W there. But Northern Colorado was finding success against Houston Baptist, you thought. Maybe they'll have an opportunity to put something together. They did not. Tech faced them in Game 2 Saturday. They won 22-4. Bryce Bonin got the start in that one. Four innings pitched, one hit, one run, eight Ks. Bonin was looking good in the 94-95 range. He had 48 strikes in his 65 pitches thrown. Bryce Bonen did struggle just a little bit early. His first K was looking, and then all of a sudden gives up a solo home run out of nowhere and then strikes out the rest of the inning and then goes three up, three down for the next two innings. A couple of nice uh, web gyms in there to keep that alive. Bryce Vaughn had a really nice day for Texas Tech. Looked like he's picking up where he left off and certainly didn't have the struggles that you saw opening weekend of 2019. Ryan Sublette, two innings in relief, also looked very nice, that 93-94 to 94 range. John Barrera had an inning in relief and really struggled. I think he might have found his way lower down in the bullpen. He's got some work to do and some growing to do for Texas Tech. Riley Ramsey, the side armor, came in for an inning, and he had did a nice job tens Strikes on 13 pitches had two K's zeros across the board, and Kurt Wilson also came in to close things out for Texas Tech against Northern Colorado offensively once again, Red Raiders unleash hell. Brian Klein gets a solo home run in this one Jace Young another two run shot, Nate Romback another three-run home run. If you're keeping score, that is his fourth of the weekend so far as we go through the recap. And Cal Connolly, one of the most fun things you will ever see in baseball, an inside-the-park home run. He hits one out to the center field wall. It bounces off the monster. It's played really poorly by the center fielder, Hayden Hines. Northern Colorado and Cal Conley has absolute wheels and he just rolls it all the way around not gonna lie he completely blew the stop sign that J-Bob had up at third base not sure if he got an earful for that he did sneak in behind the catcher Uh, not a major play at the plate but my goodness Cal Conley inside the park home run we saw one last year I believe it was Max Marshock that got one in Midland but that game wasn't televised Uh, So there wasn't a lot of fanfare around it, and I don't know that there was even video. But, Mike, man, a lot of fun to see Cal Conley do that. Tons of runs scored. Everybody got a piece of the action for the Red Raiders. And you once again had several guys that got to work in. Bo Willis worked in. Tanner O'Trimble worked in. Cody Masters worked in. In that first game Saturday I didn't mention, you had a ton of guys that worked in, including Parker Kelly. Kurt Wilson came in in the field late And then you come around to Sunday. Sunday was a fun day for me. I took my daughter to her first baseball game. I did take her to the early game, 11 o'clock. Less people. We could sit there and talk, explain things. Went and sat down behind the plate with her buddy George Watson and talked about baseball, and she was free to move around. She made it six innings, and I was proud of her. Took her, put her down for nap time, and then came back to the ballpark to watch the Red Raiders play. So Red Raiders Sunday facing northern Colorado, who had a come-from-behind win over Houston Baptist in the first game, and Texas Tech picked up right where they left off. You saw Mason Montgomery, four innings pitched, two hits, Two runs, no walks, 5Ks, did a pretty nice job up in that 93 range as a lefty. Hunter Dobbins came in and got some work for an inning, did a pretty good job. Jacob Rostowski came in, only two-thirds of an inning, but it was six strikes and eight pitches, that 93-94 range from the left side. We know he can get up to 97 or so. L- really fun to see him. The fans enjoyed it. Those chants of brew have already started around the ballpark, and he seemed to really enjoy the fan interaction that came his way big John McMillan came in after Brostoski and you thought we'd see a little bit more work from John but he had a one pitch out a ground out to shortstop that was it and then Andrew Devine came in to finish out the final inning in what was again a shortened game down to seven Devine did a nice job up to 94 10 strikes 13 pitches one hit one run and two K's offensively again Red Raiders not quite as wild today but everybody having a good opportunity to get out there get some hits get some runs scored and Nate Romback, the story of the weekend really another three-run shot for the Red Raiders it was in the fifth inning Romback with five dingers this weekend. Five dingers in four games, and four of them were three-run bombs. I was up in the club for one of his bombs, and I'm telling you, just seeing it come off the bat was like an explosion. The guy's got serious power. He's got... Good skills at catcher. I'm not saying that he is the best defensive catcher on the squad. Braxton Fulford, I think, still owns that position. But my goodness, Nate Romback certainly made a case for himself as your DH, as a good backup for Braxton Fulford, and a bat that's difficult to keep out of the lineup for sure. Plenty of other guys saw action. Dylan Carter had a two-hit day on Sunday, two runs scored. TJ Rumfield had a double and a single on the day. It, just a nice day all around for multiple Red Raiders. And I'll run through and talk a little bit about these statistics and what these guys have accumulated so far this season, but you couldn't ask for much more 65 runs scored in the first weekend of baseball at Law Field at Rip Griffin Park. I'll run down the stat list here really quick for you. I'm not going to do a ton, but I want to give you a, a little bit of a glimpse into what these guys have done. You know, Last year, you'll remember it was New Mexico State. They hit, like, 98 runs in their first two weekends. The Red Raiders have done something similar. Now, New Mexico State was doing that against Texas Southern, who the Red Raiders will face in a midweek. That's the next time you'll see them at home at Dan Law Field at Rib Griffin Park. That's next week after Round Rock. And now Texas Tech has done something against Houston Baptist Northern Colorado. I understand not elite competition, but some of these numbers – even if you're not playing elite competition, some of the things these guys did this weekend is hard to do no matter what, especially when you're seeing multiple arms and all kinds of different looks. Cal Conley, and this is in order of ABs. Cal Conley, 17 at bats this weekend. He's hitting 412 right now. Seven hits on 17 at bats. He's got a double in there, two home runs, seven ribbies, slugging an 824, drew three walks. Jace Young, Eight for sixteen, hitting five hundred if you can do that math. Two doubles in there, two home runs, thirteen ribbies for Jace Young. He's slugging a thousand. He's also drawn three walks. Cal Conley wore one as well, and that was a little bit of a problem from both of these teams was hitting Texas Tech batters. Now Nate Rombach has something going that I don't know that I've ever seen. He has he went seven for fourteen on the weekend, obviously hitting five hundred there. He has two doubles Five dingers already, 15 ribbies, 24 total bases. He's drawn two walks. He got hit four times in the weekend, only struck out twice, and he's slugging a 17-14. Like, I don't even know how to say that. I've never seen anybody slugging over a 1,000. It's incredible what he's done so far. I'm not saying that's going to continue and he's going to hit 30 bombs, but he's certainly a guy that's on pace to do something big. He might be leading the country right now or really close to it. I saw 11.7 put out, you know, who's leading this home run race, and they had Gonzalez from New Mexico State and Spencer Torkelson. Some of those guys have three or four, forgetting that Nate Rombach's sitting here with five. Dylan Noisy went 8 for 14 this weekend. He's hitting 571. He had a double, has six ribbies, nine total bags, four walks for Noisy, slugging a 643. Drew Baker, only 13 ABs. He went 5 for 13, 385. He's got three ribbies. He has a triple in there. Baker hit a really nice one that he was able to stretch into a triple. If you're not aware, Drew Baker had his knee scoped. He had that orthoscopic surgery uh, about three and a half weeks ago, and he's already back. He told the coaching staff he's 100%. They gave him a shot. He played some right field. Kind of left no doubt when you stretch deep hit to the right center field into a triple against uh, any college team. And so Drew Baker looking really nice already for the Red Raiders. Brian Klein, 6 of 12, hitting five hundred this weekend. He had a two-bagger as well, also hit a single home run three ribbies, 10 total bags. He walked four times, slugging an 833. Brian Klein, Mr. Reliable. I'll give credit where it's due. 11.7. Talked about Brian Klein since he is on that Golden Spikes watch list, and they called him a dirt bag, and I think that's the right kind of compliment. Brian Klein, the senior, just battles out there for the Red Raiders, constantly working. Great leader. He batted cleanup. He batted in the three hole. Just did a really nice job throughout the weekend for Texas Tech. Just Mr. Reliable out there. He's exactly what you want to have, and he's just a great ball player. T.J. Rumfield, I'll give him kind of that Gabe Holt, Silent Red Raider award for the weekend. Batted 583, 7 for 12. Two doubles. Did not get a home run this weekend. He had an RBI, nine total bags, two walks, slugging a 750. The thing with T.J., he played a pretty nice job. He started at first base for Texas Tech on Sunday hit pretty well but it's just not you don't walk away going man that T.J. Rumfield because you're talking about Nate Rombach and some other guys but really nice consistent play by T.J. I think he's still learning out there he's a red shirt freshman and doing a nice job of it he's uh, certainly looks the part has a big bodied athlete several of those guys on the squad this year and a nice job by T.J. this weekend. Dylan Carter who's your new Probably most of the time left fielder. He went 5 for 12, hit 417 this weekend. Had two doubles, also had three RBI, did not get himself a home run. He's slugging a 583 with two walks. He wore three pitches. Cody Masters got a quite a bit of action this weekend, as did Tanner Otremba, Cole Stillwell. Not enough action for me to dive into their numbers. Braxton Fulford uh, played a little bit of catch-free this weekend. He started the Friday game, I believe, and then just kind of worked in and out with different guys. He played most of the Friday game, if not all of it, but then other guys worked in and out throughout the weekend, different iterations. Bo Willis and Nate Rombach were catching games as well. And with Stillwell. Stillwell got hit twice, once in each foot, Early on in the weekend, so you didn't see a whole lot more out of him. Cole Stilwell, probably your everyday first baseman, would be my expectation. But again, this was a weekend where you knew you were going to see a ton of experimentation with the lineup, a ton of guys getting worked in and out of the field, lots of opportunities out there to show what they could do. But there were some things that we saw in the field that I think you can't argue with. And I'll start with Jace Young at third base. He's an exceptional defender, and I think I could still make an argument with someone that Parker Kelly deserves some opportunities out there. I think you know Parker Kelly is a strong defender. I think his bat has really come alive physically. He has really uh, come into his own, and I think that there's opportunities there, and you want to see him uh, have a chance to prove and show what he can do. And he got to work a little bit, but he didn't get a start this weekend. But I can't deny either. Jace Young, great defender, really smooth in the field. He's six two hundred, so just a little bit smaller than his brother. Frame-wise, they do look similar. They move similar. Uh, they don't bat similar, in my opinion. Jace hits with more power, opens his swing up a little bit more than Josh. And I feel like Jace, there's just something about it. There's a quickness to him. He just looks a little bit smoother in the field. Uh, Really made some nice plays. Had some web gems in the book through the weekend over there at third base where he played pretty consistently. And so nice job by Jace Young this weekend. Really looking forward to seeing what he does. Cal Conley, another that we saw some fantastic plays from. We saw a lot of that throughout. Spring scrimmages. Conley is just that kind of smaller Derek Jeter type shortstop. I mean, can really make nice plays deep in the hole, can do the turnaround jump throws, the one hops to first, really flashes some pretty good arm strength. And then, of course, the speed and the batting is there as well. A lot of fun to see him. Unfortunately, Cal Conley, I believe he's a redshirt freshman, and I'm pretty sure Gus told us that he is draft eligible this year. Conley, a guy that transferred from the University of Miami after a coaching change to come to Texas Tech. So hope to see him do some big things this year and hopefully continue to see him in a Red Raider uniform for one more year. So let's look ahead just a little bit. There's no midweek games this week for the Red Raiders as they will look ahead to the Round Rock Classic. So let's Kind of look at the whole picture of this. You remember last year, Texas Tech went to Frisco and played at the home of the Rough Riders at Dr. Pepper Ballpark in what was a miserable weekend of horrible, cold, rainy, nasty, dreary weather, so bad that the Sunday game was canceled. Tech did not fare well there. They really struggled throughout that weekend. The weather was a horrible factor, uh, and they just really did not find their stride. We all know the turning point of that season for Tech was when Josh Young moved over into the shortstop position, and that had not happened that at the point of Frisco. Right now, you really feel like this team is firing pretty well. They seem to have a lot of pieces. I mean, I, I've joked throughout the weekend, Texas Tech could field two competitive ball clubs, I think, as deep as they are, there is nowhere in this lineup where there's any relief for opposing pitchers. You know, you're not getting around anybody to get to somebody else. There was a point where Brian Klein was intentionally walked this weekend just to put an out opportunity at second base. So I think that as you walk into Round Rock, you're feeling a little bit more confident than maybe you did going into Frisco. Now, I compare those because they're run by the same company. It's called Peak Events. It'll be a similar setup to the tournament. They have new partners this year. They have partnered with D1 Baseball to bring you much better stats. The stats last year were just really, really substandard. They have also partnered with, I believe before it was called Flow Live TV. They've rebranded. It's Flow Sports. So if you go to Flow Sports, you can do one of two things. You can pay for a $30 one month membership, and that's a recurring monthly, so you will have to cancel it after you're done with it, or you can pay for the annual membership. Now, Flow Sports has partnered with a ton of NCAA baseball teams, so there's a lot of baseball on there. They're going to air over 700 baseball games this year. So if you are a college baseball fan beyond Texas Tech and you want to watch more college baseball, Flow Sports may be something you want to invest in. I think it's about twelve fifty or 13 bucks a month if you do the annual subscription. Uh, so you're looking at, what, somewhere around $150 for the year if you want that annual subscription, and you'll see a ton of college baseball on there. They also just have a ton of other stuff, marching band, track, all kinds of sports. There's lots of stuff on there to watch if you want to. I did a one month so I could watch Round Rock. I may come back at some point and say, no, I want to see more college baseball. But I suspect with ESPN Plus that I'll be able to get my fill of big time college baseball anyway. Not to mention, I'm pretty laser focused on Texas Tech for you guys. So Flow Sports is your opportunity to watch those games. That's the only place you're going to find them. I will not be able to go to Round Rock. I'll be following them closely and watching them from home before I head to Austin the following week to spend the whole week there for a conference. So the Red Raiders play on Friday, the 21st. They'll play Tennessee at 7 p.m., and they'll turn around on Saturday. They'll play the late game again, this time versus Stanford. Tech will be the home team in that Stanford game. They'll be the visiting team against Tennessee. And then Sunday they play the late game again. They'll be the home team hosting Houston, at 3 p.m. So, I know you're wondering, what do those teams look like this year? Well, Tennessee has been highly touted. They've been talked about in many circles as a sleeper for Omaha. I think some have them finishing low, you know, eight or nine in the SEC, but there's a lot of folks that say, hey, if they can put it together, they may be a big-time contender this year. Well, they looked just very similar to Texas Tech over their weekend. They played a three-game series at home in Knoxville against Western Illinois, so you could probably compare the level of competition to those the Red Raiders face. On Friday night, they won 3 nothing, and then they opened it up Saturday with a 19-0 win and Sunday with a 23-4 to win. So Tennessee kind of looking in a similar position. They do have a midweek game. They're hosting uh, Charlotte, the Charlotte 49ers in Knoxville, before they head to Round Rock to face Texas Tech. They do have an exceptional pitcher at Tennessee. And so as Gus talked about and George When they were on before, Texas Tech will see a bunch of top 30 pitchers over the next few weeks, and that will start uh, with Tennessee. I would almost bet that they will face the ace of that rotation on Friday night. For the Saturday game versus Stanford, when you talk about what Stanford, what the Cardinals doing so far this season, did not get off to a strong start. They hosted Cal State Fullerton. Now that's a quality opponent. Cal State Fullerton has been around in the college baseball world. They've had their moments and their time in the spotlight. They came in to play Stanford at home. Stanford lost 7-1 to on Friday night in their opener. And again on Saturday, they lost 6-1 to before winning the final game. to against Cal State Fullerton. So tough start for Stanford as they head into what's a very tough tournament with some tough competition. They also have a midweek. They're playing at Santa Clara on Tuesday before they head to Round Rock. They'll open Round Rock uh, versus Houston before they play Tech on Saturday. And then when you look at the Houston Cougars, this is another team that some people have talked about as some kind of a sleeper, like they're going to have a really hot season. I'm not seeing that for Houston. I could definitely uh, get on board with that to some extent for Tennessee. Houston, I'm not so sure about. But uh, they also had a tough opening weekend at home. They hosted Youngstown State, uh, which... Everyone's favorite new lefty, Jacob Bristowski. he spent a year at Youngtown State before going to Sinclair Community College and coming on to Texas Tech. But Houston hosted Youngstown State. They won their first game 7-3 to and then turned around and lost the next two. They lost Saturday 3-6 to in 11 innings and then went to extras again on Sunday, losing 6-8 in 10. So Houston not off to a great start as they will head to Round Rock. They do not have a midweek before, same as Texas Tech. They'll play Stanford and Tennessee before they face the Red Raiders on Sunday. I think that it's a pretty strong field. I definitely think that Tech is the top dog in that field, and I'm not just being biased. I do think the Red Raiders are the best team there. I think they absolutely have an opportunity to win. I think they have the pitching from the starting rotation and the bullpen as well as the offense to go in there and wreck shop. I think they could raise a lot of eyebrows. If you remember the Red Raiders going and winning at Florida State or going and winning tournaments in the past and kind of raising eyebrows, I think this could be a situation where Tech does that as well. And, you know, to be honest, I know it's hard to walk out of a four-game weekend at home, opening weekend against kind of substandard competition and say that's great, 65 runs scored. But – you know, who were you playing? Well, anytime you score that kind of offense, especially in two shortened games, I think you're showing that you can really do some things. Now, yes, elite pitching, elite competition, things will look different, but I think you have a team built to win here, and I am certainly excited to get to watch them, excited enough that I paid $30 to Flow Sports to be able to do it. couple of injury updates for you before we wrap this thing up. I think you're all aware that Max Marshock he did play on Friday, tweaked the hamstring a little bit. Max had pulled up with a little bit of a hammy injury in a scrimmage. I was surprised that he was already kind of back full steam, and then it looked like he got a little bit hobbled again. So Max not currently in, didn't see him any anymore this weekend. I don't think it's anything serious at, at all, and I would be surprised if you didn't see some of him against Round Rock talked about Drew Baker. He is obviously back to 100% and looking pretty good. Cole Stilwell wore a couple on his feet, so he's probably a little bruised up, and you may see him sit around for a little while. We didn't see much more of him this weekend, but nothing major. You're always going to be dinged up when you're playing high-level baseball, but these guys seem to be holding together pretty well so far, and we saw just about everybody this weekend except Easton Morrell, so not sure if Easton Morrell is still dealing with any sort of issue or it just didn't quite work his way in hadn't seen him since the scrimmages so don't have any info for you on that I hope you like this format Tried to get through as quick as I could for you keep it around a half an hour I will continue to have guests on throughout the season but as we get into these weekly games I'll try to have recaps and look-aheads for you that are quick hits that you can hop in on and then if I bring you another episode with a conversation that we will be able to spend a little bit more time on that have Chris Sneed on here pretty soon for you I'm I'm sure I'll have Gus and George back for you and plenty more good stuff coming as we are rolling in this season with Texas Tech Red Raider Baseball. Tech will be back in action at home the midweek following the Round Rock Classic. They'll be hosting the Southern Jaguars in a two-game midweek, and so you'll have them Tuesday at 2 p.m. on February 25th, and again on Wednesday at 1 p.m. at Dan Lawfield at Rip Griffin Park. Those tickets are as low as eight bucks, so some opportunities to watch some cheap Texas Tech baseball in the middle of a couple of days there, but don't want to look too far ahead as the Red Raiders have a big one coming up at the Round Rock Classic here this coming weekend. We'll talk to you soon keep an eye on us at dinger underscore derby on twitter have a new instagram account at ttu underscore dinger derby a little bit of struggle with that instagram's like blocking me on everything i do so i'll try to convince them i'm not a bot and that it is a real person running that instagram account but be sure to follow us on our social media channels appreciate you appreciate all your interaction always feel free to dm me you can email me at dinger underscore derby at outlook.com looking forward to all the great things that are coming and appreciate all of you thank you so much for your support of dinger derby i have seen downloads go through the roof please continue to tell your friends to share on social media, and to like, review, and subscribe on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you around the ballpark. I'll be here for you trying to give you updates and instant reactions to the Round Rock Classic. Until we talk to you again, be good, have fun, watch some baseball, and wreck them. Thanks for tuning in to Dinger Derby and sharing our love for Texas Tech Red Raider baseball. You can connect with Keith on Twitter at Dinger underscore Derby and find more Texas Tech sports content at stakingtheplains.com Help us out by rating us and leaving a review on iTunes. And remember to tell your friends about the show. Keith will be back next week with another episode of Dinger Derby. And until then, wreck of Tech. Keep your hand on your gun. Don't you trust anyone There's just one kind of man that you can trust That's a dead man Or a gringo like me Be the first one to fire Every man is a liar There's just one kind of man who tells the truth That's a dead man For a gringo like me.